Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. On this week's Highways Voices, we hear details of a groundbreaking new way to use the movement of traffic to generate electricity. Being in central reservation, you've got traffic passing on the left-hand side of the turbine, but also you've got oncoming traffic on the right-hand side of the turbine. So we're looking at generating more electricity because we're increasing the airspeed impacting the turbine. It's a brilliant idea and we'll hear all about it this week. No hot air, just great innovation on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. Hello from Paul Hutton and thank you for joining us for this week's Highways Voices. Partner news and Adrian's accolades to come too today as always. And talking of Adrian, Adrian, that's my Highways News co-owner Adrian Tatum over there and he's here now with some of the stories you can read about on our site. The news from the highwaysnews.com website and e-newsletter this week includes e-scooters and the fact they have lower casualty rates compared to other travel modes. That's according to a new report by the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents, ROSPA. The report finds that the risk to pedestrians is relatively low despite the common perception. Motorcycles, pedal cycles, buses showed higher crash rates and Rosper said that its findings suggest some important safety factors should be taken into consideration for future e-scooter use in the UK. Given the rate of crashes that take place on single carriageway, further investment in road design improvements, including segregated bike and e-scooter lanes, would be beneficial, the report said. And elsewhere, technological change and human behaviour make the future of transport hard to predict. So how will we build on future transport system fit for all? That was the main question at a recent roundtable jointly organised by the Forum and Think Tank Institute for Public Policy Research. The roundtable discussed how transport systems is integrated to people's lives. And nearly all of us travelling at some point daily, whether walking, driving, cycling or using public transport. With the UK aiming to reach net zero by 2050, policymakers, industry and researchers must work closely together to design a transport system capable of meeting that goal, the roundtable concluded. And finally this week... Transport for Greater Manchester started the search for three contractors for its minor highways improvement framework. Work would include carriageway resurfacing, road crossing, curb and footway reinstatement and road markings, as well as delivery of traffic light projects that would include the use of scoot and mover. The framework is in a single lot with three suppliers and the agreement will last for 48 months. As well as that, let me pick out how Ofcom is consulting about a new use of radio spectrum for ITS solutions, new speed cameras for Scotland, and talking of speed cameras, thousands of drivers caught by Devon and Cornwall's first 20 mile an hour one, plus how three times more parents say the school run is stressful compared to meeting with their boss. You can read all these and so many more stories on our website covering all aspects of the highways and transport technology industry when it comes to them we're the only place you need to go for everything you need to know and it's all available on twitter and linkedin and on our daily email direct your inbox every lunchtime sign up at highways-news.com swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer quicker more convenient and environmentally sound 
from software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Last week in his accolade, Adrian tipped his hat to Alpha 311 wind turbines that are mounted on lighting poles in the Telford area to use the airflow from passing vehicles to generate electricity. Well, we thought it was such a good idea that we'd find out more about it, so Adrian caught up with Alpha 311 CEO Barry Thompson, who started by telling him how it all came about. We've been talking with Telford and Wrecking for about six, maybe seven months. Obviously, these things don't happen overnight. It was one of those occasions where just a chance conversation managed to kick off something much bigger. So having local highways engineers involved from the outset, they they just get it. Yeah, they've they've worked by the side of the road, uh, many of them since you know, 20, 30 years. And they they just know the airflow that comes from the larger vehicles as they go past. You know, it's probably one of the most dangerous places to work in on the on the planet and people don't realise it. But they 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 Work that we're doing with with Telford will effectively see 181 turbines deployed onto the road in the central reservation. And we're taking advantage of the fact that the columns themselves have been in for many years and we're looking at upgrading those at the same time. So where we would rather utilise existing infrastructure, because that's the whole point of what Alpha does, uh, in this case, the some of the columns are Category 4, I think, and are due for replacing anyway. So Telford are taking the opportunity to do that at the same time as we put the turbines in. Tell me, in their case, what, what exactly are they going to be using them for? So the, the turbines will generate energy from the passing traffic. So being in central reservation, you've got traffic passing on the left-hand side of the turbine, but also you've got oncoming traffic on the right-hand side of the turbine. So we're looking at generating more electricity because we're increasing the airspeed impacting the turbine. From a council point of view, we don't charge for the energy that's generated. That's basically part of the contract with the council. So they are able to either utilise that energy locally or sell that into the local grid to their uh, local supplier. So it's, it's a revenue stream for the for the council. I think in this particular case, uh, similar to a conversation we had in Chicago, they're looking at creating the potential for a creation of a community fund, and that fund can then go on to put insulation into social housing or solar panels onto schools, that type of thing. So further advantages the... Um, the carbon neutral target to the council. And, and I'm right in thinking that you don't need planning permission for these at, at roadside deployment, yeah? Because we're installing directly onto the lighting column, the turbine is effectively being mounted onto an existing asset, which is a highways asset. And as such, the turbines are called highways assets. So there's no planning permission needed. And this is all the, the element of the retrofit solution. So reusing what we what we already have, cabling's already in place, every street light's already connected to the grid, yeah, making making full use of uh, the infrastructure that's already there. 
Okay, so take me back to the beginning, so so people really understand how this concept started, how the idea for the company started, and 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 then perhaps explain if you would how you saw the highway sector and, and local and potentially national roads as as the kind of industry, if you like, that you could work with. So uh, go back three three and a half years now, and. It was at a time when Kent County Council were turning off streetlights at night in order to save money. And there was a huge uh, uproar in the press at the fact that people's safety was potentially being put at risk, etc. And myself and co-founder John Sanderson, uh, we were commuting up and down the M2 multiple times a week. And it was a question of why has nobody ever done this because if you follow a truck along the motorway you can see the turbulent air and the impact that that has just on the the foliage at the side of the road but also if you've ever tried to overtake one you you felt that that energy so we effectively looked to see if anybody had ever patented a central reservation wind turbine and there are multiple there are so many people who had exactly this same idea but putting in new infrastructure Uh, we've even seen turbines built into crash barriers as an example for uh, not actually it's theoretical and it's a patent but once we delved deeper uh, we found numerous studies looking at the different size vehicles how much Air is being displaced at what speed and at what distance from the central reservation. And once you start getting into the, the science behind it, you can you realize there's a lot of wasted energy around a, a road. Now it also sort of coincided with the fact that not too long ago, onshore wind was not part of the contract for difference, and then there was all planning issues uh, around putting onshore wind turbines, and yet it's the cheapest form of uh, energy generation because it, on the larger turbines, it can produce massive amounts of energy into the local infrastructure, which is used almost immediately. So the transmission costs are reduced. So all of these things really highlighted the fact that there is an opportunity where, with our road infrastructure and our biggest question as we were coming up with the design for the turbine was how do you get a local council with no money or very little money to put turbines on to a highway or next to a highway? And quite simply, there had to be a benefit, has to, has to be a cost benefit to that council for doing so. And that's where the business model came from with regards to the energy being that's generated is owned by the local authority, which is then a commodity. Uh, we didn't know at the time that it would be such an expensive commodity, uh, which electricity is now. Alpha 311 CEO Barry Thompson is our guest on Highways Voices this week. We'll hear more from him in a moment after Lucy's brought you up to date with our partners. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum. 
On the ITS UK website, you can read about how the society has opened up more international opportunities for members by strengthening ties with its counterpart in Latvia by hosting a joint event at the Latvian Embassy in London. ITS UK President Steve Norris, the former UK Transport Minister, and Latvia's Ambassador to the UK, Evita Burmistra, welcomed attendees to the meeting, which was organised by ITS UK and the Investment and Development Agency of Latvia Trade Delegation. The event heard from Latvian organisations LMT Innovations, Dots and Rail Baltica, about their technology, as well as from the UK Department for Transport, Transport Scotland and Coventry City Council, who talked about national policy and initiatives and innovative projects and business opportunities. ADEPT has published its response to the Department for Transport's Mobility as a Service Code of Practice consultation. The consultation aims to provide clarity for the market and help consumers understand their options. The challenges include data collection and analytics, commercial sensitivity, ticket pricing and inclusivity. ADEPT is promoting greater transparency to help consumers make greener transport choices. ADEPT has also published its response to DFT's consultation on traffic regulation orders. The association is supporting the use of digital communications to reach a wider audience. Both documents are available on the ADEPT website. Digital traffic management specialist HRS has signed up as the main sponsor of next week's Transport Technology Forum conference. Around 200 professionals from across the public and private sectors have signed up to attend in Liverpool next Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. The sellout event, titled We Can Work It Out, concentrates on boosting collaboration between government, local authorities and the private sector to use technology to tackle the transport challenges facing highway operators and their supply chain as the industry moves towards net zero. MD of HRS Roger Poth said his company has been driving a technological revolution within traffic management for 10 years, working in collaboration with the industry to bring technology and digital products to traffic management. And the TTF conference is an excellent platform to bring forward the discussion around technology and digitalisation. Finally, check on the Elkrig website to see the draft event programme for the Local Council Roads Innovation Group's Innovation Festival. Delegates will hear from innovators and operatives who are driving forward new ideas to help deliver change in the sector. The Innovation Festival will be a first of its kind for the highway sector, with authorities already committed to making their road networks available for trials, along with funding for qualifying innovators who participate in the event. The new event, which will take place on the 6th and 7th of July at Newark Showground, has been established to make the case for innovation and will bring together local authorities, central government, the supply chain, associations and academia. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Now back to Adrian's chat with Barry Thompson, who's seen of Innovator Alpha 311 and its new wind turbine solution on lighting columns in the middle of the road which harvests the airflow of vehicles and he asked him next about the innovation required. It's ongoing and, and like I said we've been we've been doing this for about three and a half years. We work with some amazing companies uh, around the country with regards to the fluid dynamics of the turbine, the design, the company that makes the alternators for us, which are unique to us, have made motors for NASA. So they, they really know what they're doing. But I, I'll be honest with you, if we were to have tried to do this 10 years ago, it wouldn't have worked. It's only the more recent technological advances that have meant that we've been able to make the, uh, the, the strides that we've been able to. Plus, ultimately, you're, you're putting a wind turbine into a very harsh environment uh, being by the side of the road. It's smaller. People usually take a look at a small wind turbine and just see one single turbine. We look at this short-form turbine, but thousands of them connected to the lighting infrastructure. It's 
completely about looking at it from a different angle. So I want to come on in a minute to look at one of the benefits in more detail, which is around the revenue generation. But before I do, what are the other benefits to councils having these? And also, is, is part of your long term plan to kind of uh, feed into other technology that's on the roadside, such as air quality monitors, road temperature sensors and kind of bring data together, which is, of course, where where, where councils are trying trying to get at the moment with so much data coming from from different sources. It's trying to provide that data for them to make decisions, I guess. Entirely exactly what we're doing. So the the turbines themselves have their own internal sensor array. And depending on the different use cases, we can monitor different aspects. So one council might want air quality sensors, another might want to know the vibration levels of the road or to, to monitor traffic flow. The induction loop system that, you, that is in place around many parts of the country in order to be maintained tends to have to be ripped up. So you start creating uh, the havoc of uh, tearing up the, the road surface in order to uh, maintain it or to, uh, or to replace it. So what we're looking at doing is ultimately being able to monitor multiple different aspects uh, from the turbines and consolidate that data gathering. So there are multiple opportunities with regards to the data element, but then there's also the the powering of uh, local road infrastructure, whether that be signage or whether it even be powering 5G microcell repeaters to further advance a a rural broadband. There, there, There are so many different opportunities utilizing our road and, to some extent, rail infrastructure that's already in place. And we don't have to worry about blighting the landscape. We we did that when we built the road. So there's numerous opportunities for data consolidation, but there's also the ability to work with the local authorities and the highways departments and their partners in order to, to gather the right type of information that is sometimes unique to them. Just moving on to the revenue generation element of it, which I'm really interested in. Obviously, we've got a situation at the moment where local authorities have got a three-year settlement for the maintenance of their roads. That next three years is now fixed. Um, It's less money than they had in the previous three years. Um, So you, you alluded to it earlier, but they've got less money than they did have. It's about doing more for the money they do have. This has brought about questions around roads being certainly for councils the biggest asset the most expensive asset to maintain much talk has been happened over three three to five years about whether we could ever make roads cost neutral and that has lots of advantages obviously i believe your technology could 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 play a part have you, have you got any further thoughts on this we've spoken to i think we've got 17 18 councils that we've spoken to over the last few months and they're all over the country. Uh, the bulk are in the north, midlands and north of, of the country. Everybody's looking to do things better. Everybody's looking to do things cheaper, more than anything else. But I think what they're starting to see is that there is a huge possibility with regards to utilising the road infrastructure as a revenue generator. So one council in um, the, the north was looking at potential deployment of turbines where the energy being 
generated is used to power or to charge uh, EV vehicles. And that would be a, a revenue stream. Now, that's circular economy uh, in, in its finest. You know, traffic that's going past, generating energy, energy is being stored and then used to power electric vehicles. But once you start getting into the realms of third party powering of infrastructure, you know, like I said earlier with the, uh, the 5G microcell, that's a, that's a sale of power directly to a third party. And that in itself would be a you know quite a lucrative revenue generator. I think Ericsson have a, a 5G microcell with a one kilometer range. Well, how long a road and how many turbines do you need to be able to extend broadband into rural communities uh, just by using the, the infrastructure that's still there? I think councils need to look to every possible opportunity with regards to the road, and it's it's not just it's not just the uh, the energy generation elements as well. There's the the carbon elements as well. So Telford, I think Telford got their lighting infrastructure down to around 650 tons of uh, carbon per year, and at some point we can expect there to be a carbon tax. So that carbon outlay will have a price associated with it. Telford's producing their own energy on their lighting columns. That becomes neutral within a year, two years. So there's there's multiple benefits to a council thinking outside of the box like Telford has in how they can monetize their their, you know, through offsetting or through their power generation or who they sell the power to. So I, I do think other technologies will come along alongside this carbon capture, removing pollutants. Yeah, there, there's so many different technologies now that just need a green power tool that the councils can take the benefit of. So that, I think definitely the highways infrastructure seen in this way will open up many opportunities to lots of companies and the councils will be the ones who benefit. A great solution and one that could be huge not only here but around the world. Barry Thompson, the CEO of Alpha 311. That's almost it, but from last week's winner of Adrian's Accolade to this week's Who Wins Today, Adrian? And my accolade this week goes to the team at Unix Traffics. They have been awarded a contract to design, supply and install Clean Air Zone AMPR camera monitoring and enforcement solutions across Sheffield City Centre. So congratulations to them. And uh, that's only one of the reasons why why I'm giving them my award this week. They have been working closely with the Council, the Department for Transport's Joint Air Quality Unit and other programme partners to develop a robust and reliable system that will improve air quality across the city centre. So really pushing the boundaries on improving air quality across the UK Unix obviously a part of uh, a number of companies working on this across the country and across Europe. They are my worthy winners of the accolade this week. So well done to Unix for winning Adrian's accolade this week. And that's it for today's Highways Voices. We'll catch up again next week where we hope to look ahead to the ITS European Congress in Toulouse. We'll talk then. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 